Today's episode is sponsored by Ingham Okoboji Lutheran Bible Camps in Northwest Iowa, celebrating 100 years of partnership with families and congregations to equip young leaders and proclaim the gospel. Register for a youth, adult, or family camp experience, or encourage someone you know to apply for summer staff at www.okaboji.org. We start using the law as a guide to point back at ourselves and to say, well, I didn't kill anybody today. I can't promise mm-hmm. tomorrow, but uh, I'll try not to steal, right? And we start looking at our life through this lens. Well, what John 3 is saying is that is condemnation. That's leading to ultimate death. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Kiri and I welcome Lars Olson to the podcast to break down the verses surrounding one of the most well-known verses in the Bible, John 3.16. This week's lectionary text begins with, And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Lars explains the story about God sending snakes to bite his people in numbers, and Moses lifting up a bronze snake. Then we ask, what does it mean that God so loved the world? Lars teaches us, we think of love as an exchange. If I love you, there's an expectation you love me back. But that's not how God loved the world. God loves the world so much that he gave his own son to die. Why? So you know his mercy and have everlasting life. That's when we got to the most interesting part of the conversation, in my opinion, the discussion about Jesus' judgment that people loved darkness over the light. Jesus came to save you from darkness, but you love it. We like to hide our evil deeds. We like to think evil is like the Joker or Hitler, but it's actually saying, I don't need what God is giving me. I'm good enough. My intentions are good. Evil comes out when we're trying to get away from God by quote-unquote being good. Lars explains that is what John 3.16 is about. Jesus came into the world to not show us a way to stop being so sinful, but to expose how much we love the darkness. In order to understand the depth of God's mercy, we first must know the depth of our depravity. Before we get to this week's conversation, I want to tell you about Luther House of Studies' Lenten Challenge Grant. Between now and Easter, a donor is willing to match your donation. If you sponsor one podcast episode, another will be sponsored on your behalf. Please email Sarah at sarah at lhos.org or go to lutherhouseofstudy.org slash donate to learn more. That's lutherhouseofstudy.org slash donate. Now, here's John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order 
that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First, Kiri and me. What up? Are with Lars Olson. Thanks for being here, Lars. <laughs> yeah, thanks for singing me in, Kiri. Appreciate it. I wasn't singing you in. I was oh, singing myself. Mason? Please, I am just a yeah, your own intro song. Sitting yeah. human. <laughs> That's right. Kiri walks to her, the beat of her own drum. My own sinful, <laughs> sinful drum. That's right. <laughs> On that note, the serpent in the wilderness. Well, mostly we've got. Lars Olson, we're talking about the biggest verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. That's true. He's got his his uh, eye shadow on with the, the verses on his there. You got big, big football sign. <laughs> you, should, you should see him in the studio right now. That's right. He actually ready. brought his padding and his <laughs> Mahomes jersey. Right, right. Yeah, Mason had reminded me that I I'm looking a lot like Tim Tebow. <laughs> Okay. That would have been yes. better. We'll get to, we'll get to John 3.16, but first we got to start with John 3.14. Yeah. Let's hold off, people. Or more importantly, maybe a little bit of context. Maybe we'll skip 3.16. <laughs> this this be picks here. up right in the middle of, of Jesus addressing Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus right before this in the night. Nicodemus was asking him uh, questions. Uh, Lars, could you give me just a smidge of context of where we're at? And then we'll dive right into serpents. Sure, sure. Yes. Um, so Nicodemus uh, comes to Jesus, it says, um, by night, um, which is going to be picked up probably in this reading in, in a bit of the darkness and how we love our darkness uh, rather than rather than the light that Jesus brings. Um, and Nicodemus comes kind of flattering Jesus, right? Oh, you're a great teacher sent by God. You do such great things. Um, and I don't think Nicodemus is being... Um, what would the word insincere? Disin, he's, he's not being disingenuous. That's just how the world works, right? Yeah. You flatter me, I flatter you, and then we can all pretend like everything's great between us, and we yeah, just go on. But Jesus points out uh, that you're a, that Nicodemus is a teacher of Israel and has no real understanding of what who God is or what God is doing, which makes it a, a, a kind of a tense um, moment where Jesus says, you know, uh, to be. Um, to receive the kingdom of God, to see God's kingdom, you actually have to be born again or born from above. And Nicodemus says, um, you mean I have to like crawl back into my mother's womb? How, how can this work? And, and this is Jesus showing him that he doesn't understand what, uh, who Jesus is, one, or who God is for, for, for two, right? Uh, so that's the context. Um, and so then verse 14 picks up and uh, this is, this is, the tail end of this conversation. And it kind of just 
picks up out of nowhere, right? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Uh, but this is a, this is Jesus picking up the story from uh, Numbers 21, which is the Old Testament reading for today, where um, God sent uh, these venomous snakes to to bite his people because they were complaining and yelling and they just they they were stuck on their on themselves, right? And so the venomous snakes come and bite them. Uh, and then they start really complaining, ah, we're dying. Uh, and this is where Moses then was instructed to, to take the, uh, the snakes and put them on a bronze a pole and hold them up. And the, and the point was when they looked at the snakes, when they looked uh, to, the, to what was killing them, when they could actually see it um, as, uh, um, as God had commanded, then they were healed. So the, the point is that um, without, um, without seeing your sin, uh, without knowing it, you actually don't know why you're being saved. Okay? So I mean, we, it, ma- it makes sense. Well, y- when right. you think about that, when you break it down to your own self. So, I mean, when, yeah. we, when he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life, right? Um, and then he says, I've, I've, I've come to save, that the world might be saved through him. The question always is, saved from what? For what, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what Jesus is getting at uh, as we go down here. But that's in a couple of verses, so. We can go yeah. back to Saved the from first what? part. Mm, cliffhanger. But um, <laughs> it's also just terrifying to think about God sending snakes to bite you. I, honestly, that's a little tough. I was thinking about that as you were trying to move on, Lars. I was Pastor Lars. So, so you don't want to spend too much time maybe um, reading uh, Numbers 21 and worship. No. Pass on right, right through that, right? No, not, mm-hmm. not preferably. But yeah, that's where it gets a little tough on like, you know, why was that the, why was that the discipline killing people with Well, they were complaining, so God sent snakes to kill them, but but in order to save them, to to remind them them why they need to be saved in the first place, they need to be reminded of the snake. So this is going to, I mean, don't get too caught up on the snakes. This is what Jesus is saying he's doing, right? As the snakes were lifted up in the wilderness, as, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. So he's saying, um, to Nicodemus and to us now, you don't really understand what I'm doing until you until you see me lifted up. Okay. Okay. So uh, Jesus now is is going to in his ministry going to be showing you your sin, not to make you feel bad, but to draw you out of sin, right? To draw you out of the 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 grip of death by exposing this, so that. Uh, and then he becomes your salvation, right? He becomes your salvation from death itself in his death. Okay. So what are you seeing? You're seeing the curse of death now on Jesus and in that you are being saved. Okay. So uh, in, in terms of the, the serpents in the wilderness, it is seeing your death, the snakes biting you and being saved by that, by God's word, because that's what God told you to do. So now this is what God has told Jesus to do, right? You are going to go die on the cross, and that is going to be to save people from death. Okay. Okay? So then going... So that's the context of what's going on mm-hmm. when we start into, into John three sixteen and beyond. Yep. Yeah. So for God, we're going to break down verse 16 because this is so well known. 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I, I want to come back immediately to for God so loved. What does it mean that God so loved the world? Yeah. So um, uh, here, the gospel of John is kind of defining what God's love means. Usually when we hear so oh, okay. loved, we hear like, oh, God loved with a magnitude over anything else, right? That's not what that so actually is doing. Um, it's, uh, you can change that to a, like a thus. Um, this is how God loved the world. Mm. Uh, okay. This is the way in which God loved the world. Because love, you know, we think of it as something like, um, I love you uh, uh, and I want you, you to love me love back me. Uh, and love yeah, will be complete when we're all uh, in, in this uh, loving relationship with one another. Uh, and when I say I love you, I'm waiting for it. There's all sorts of ways to think about love, but this is how, how God loved the world. Not so much, but this is the way in which he did it, that he gave his only son. All right. Uh, so God, this is now redefining even what we mean by love. It's not God saying, I love you. When, when are you going to love me back? Right. Uh, this is God giving completely of his son to the world because of his love for them. Uh, and he's giving him um, so that you would believe, right? He's taking away your sin of unbelief by giving you Jesus Christ in whom to believe. Um, and the result of that love of giving the son to create faith is that you would not perish so that you would not be utterly, completely destroyed and forgotten, but that you would have eternal life. That is, um, to receive constantly forever, uh, over and over again, uh, without end, God's grace, mercy, favor, um, and the the gift eternally for life so that you would always be receiving what God is giving. It continues and says, indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So that's interesting that they put that in there, um, that he didn't come to condemn the world because we just heard about, and we just talked about a little bit of his wrath right at the beginning with the snakes and everything. So it's saying that is not the reason he came into the world. Right. He came so that it might be saved right. through him. Right. So people have this whole um, understanding of God as, and even Jesus as, as the, the, the hand of God, right? The, uh, the judge of, over everything. Where uh, Jesus really came down to, uh, you know, peer behind your curtains and see, you know, um, are you using your money properly? Are yep. you... Uh, uh, are you treating your family right? Uh, have you been um, kind to the government authorities? Have you been a good little boy and girl? Uh, right? That Jesus is somehow like, you know, peering behind the, 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 the wall and, and judging you constantly. Well, well he, the, he actually has to say this because that's what people expect to be happening all the time. But why do they expect that? Because they know they haven't lived up to expectations because their conscience is constantly telling them uh, that they're not good enough. And so John comes and says, um, uh, Jesus hasn't come to condemn the world, but that you might be saved from this condemnation, saved from this uh, voice that is always telling you you're not good enough. Um, the next verse says, because those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe in him are condemned already. They're, they, they're already in condemnation. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's that, okay. that's that, that's that, uh, that sense that you're not good enough. 
That, uh, is that what condemned means? Well, condemned finally is, is uh, that you are, you, you are destroyed, put to death. But your worry is always that Jesus is looking at me and that's what he's going to do to me. God is watching me and he's seeing all the bad things I'm doing. Uh, and I either have to hide them. That's going to be key later on. I have to hide them and keep them secret in a place where God can't see them. Uh, or I have to uh, improve and get out of them. Right? This, is the, this is when we start looking and saying, well, what is God's will? Well, it's that I don't kill anybody and I, and I don't murder and I don't steal and I don't covet. And we start, we start using the law as a guide to point back at ourselves and to say, well, I didn't kill anybody today. I can't <laughs> mm-hmm. promise tomorrow, but uh, I'll try not to steal, right? And we start looking at our life through this lens. Well, what John 3 is saying is that is condemnation. That's leading to ultimate death. You trying to live so perfectly is death. Yeah. Right. Uh, perfectly in yourself, by your deeds. That's exactly what John, John 3 is going to say. And this is what uh, he's saying. This is what Jesus has come not to do, but in order to save you from that death. That death that says, uh, that comes by you thinking you have to be perfect. Okay. In yourself, right? Good. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. (laughs) That's tough. See that? (laughs) Right? See. And this is the judgment. (laughs) And this is the gospel of our Lord. But th- that's a tough pill to swallow because that's all, like what you were saying, that's all of us. And people right. loved darkness. Yes. Because well, you think of that and you're like, no, I don't. It just happens. But. It just happens? It just happens. Why does it happen? Because you love it. Well, that's what's happening with Nicodemus, right? Is it because you right? love it or is it because you love Isn't yourself? Isn't that what's happening? You love yourself and you want to love what everybody else is doing. And if you can just flatter one another, then you never actually have to deal with the fact that your deeds are evil because yeah. they're yours. Okay. Because they're, they're your hopes and dreams. They're uh, what you hope to accomplish. They're evil because they have nothing to do with what God is doing for you. And we like okay. that darkness. We like to keep shrouded mm-hmm. in that darkness. Uh, where it says God loved the world, here it says, but the people loved their darkness. <laughs> right? That yeah. loved is is not they used to they once loved it's that they, or even that God loved the world that uh, it it comes into English as kind of past tense but it's it's what what in Greek is called an aorist so it it it's a past event that keeps on continuing it's continuous action right <laughs> uh, so he loved and still loves the world you loved and still love your darkness more than the light. Okay. And that's what the judgment of Jesus coming into the world is. That that word um, judgment in Greek is um, is where we get the word crisis. It's krisis, right? So yeah. uh, the judgment is this moment of of crisis, of crisis, you. right? So Jesus' arrival here on Earth actually produces a crisis in the world. Why? Because they can no longer live in their darkness. Oofta. I was gonna say. Right? 
So he hasn't come to judge you, he's come to save you from it. But because they love the darkness, the people love their darkness, what do they see in Jesus? But a threat. He's bringing the world to crisis, to a a judgment point um, that they can't now not see. Well, and it's a a crisis for for both people who are doing evil actively and for people who are striving to do the law correctly. I mean, it's a, cause you, okay. So if Jesus arrives and you're an actively evil person, then you're like, well, <laughs> that's right. a fairly easy judgment there. But if you're, if Jesus arrives and you haven't perfectly lifted yourself up in the law, you're like, crap, I ran out of time. Yeah. I mean, it's easy yeah. to point to somebody like, you know, like the Joker in Batman, right? As a yeah. psychopath, totally evil, uh, has has no good intentions at all and say, yeah, I'm not like the Joker. No. But it's a lot or harder Hitler. to say. People or people use Hitler. Or Hitler, right? If you want to um, don't use that in your sermon, uh, that, <laughs> that, that just shuts people off altogether. But yes, you. it's easy for us to point out uh, examples and say, that's evil. Yeah. It's really Again, because we love the darkness, we like our deeds hidden. And so we have a really hard time um, seeing evil for what it is. Uh, What evil really is, is saying, I don't need what God is giving me. I don't need to be reborn again. You know why? Because I'm so good, or at least my intentions are good, or at least I'm trying to be good, just the way Mason was talking about it. So evil actually comes out of us when we are uh, trying to get away from God by being good. Ooh. Right? Being good in ourselves rather than receiving the goodness of God. That's what Jesus has come to do in the world. That's why he has to be lifted up. Because he's going to be taking our sin and exposing it. Not telling us, I've got a way for you to stop being so sinful. Yeah. You've got in a yourself. role to play. <laughs> You've got a role to play. Uh, we, no, I'm going to show you both the depth of your sin and the depth, the unmistakable uh, overflowing mercy of God in the cross. So to see the mercy of God, you actually, Jesus has to show you how depraved you are in sin and how much you love it and you want it. I mean, that's exactly what he's saying here, right? They love their deeds. So they want to stay in the darkness. They don't want God's work to do anything for them because that would pull them out of the darkness that they love. But God loves them so much in this way that he won't leave you in your darkness. He won't leave you in death. He won't leave you in your sin of trying to be good for him. Rather, he sends Jesus to go to the cross to be lifted up for all the world to see so that they see both their sin and God's salvation being given to them. That's what verse 21 really is about. But those who do what is true come to the light. Now, you don't want to turn that into... So see, you're improving and now you're liking the light better. Oh, right. Yeah. You're doing the true thing. No, this is doing the true thing is seeing the truth of what Jesus is giving to you. You see the cross and are pulled out of yourself into the truth that he's giving you. No, this is the trap of sin and death that you're caught in. Seeing the cross. I'm pulling it out, pulling you through, out of yourself, (laughs) even though you don't want it. 
Even though you would, you love your darkness, he's not going to stop there. Um, and, and, you know, Chris is uh, famous for using this phrase. He's using your sin to save you. Yeah. So he keeps forgiving your sin and forgiving your sin until you try to get rid of him altogether, where you stop flattering him and actually kill him hmm. in order to save your so that he can save you. In doing so, he pulls you out of this, not tells you to do better works, but rather uh, you clearly see that what your deeds are, but then you also get to see that the, the, the deeds of light, the good, true deeds are the deeds that have been done in God. So they're no longer your deeds, but God's. They're not what you did for God, but rather what God gave to you. So that's what John 3.16 really is doing, right? Uh, it's not just making you say, oh, God loves the world and we love God. And so we can still live in the lie. It's breaking the lie that we all live in by saying, no, 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 no. You're going to see what God means by salvation. You're going to see what God means by love. And in believing not in yourself, but in Christ, there you will receive life. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Lars Olson for teaching us the incredible context around John 3.16, the judgment that people loved darkness over light. Jesus came to save you from darkness, but you actually love it. We like to hide our evil deeds. We like to think evil is like the Joker or Hitler, but it's actually saying, I don't need what God is giving me. I'm good enough. My intentions are good. Evil comes out when we're trying to get away from God by being good enough. But that's what John 3.16 is all about. God loved the world not to show us a way to be less sinful, but to expose how much we love the darkness. By Jesus continuing to forgive us, we see him as a threat, so much so that we kill him. God raises Jesus up so that we see both our deepest sin and his complete mercy. A reminder to take advantage of Luther House of Studies' Lenten Challenge Grant. Between now and Easter, a donor is willing to match your podcast sponsorship. If you sponsor one episode, another will be sponsored on your behalf. Email sarah at sarah at lhos.org or go to lutherhouseofstudy.org slash donate to learn more. That's lutherhouseofstudy.org slash donate. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God's mercy has overcome your love of darkness. We'll see you next time on Scripture First. Scripture First.